Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with A-plus game managers. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who I'm sure had a fine weekend. It was very fine. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who almost won $25,000 this weekend. Mm. Mm. Oh, so dang close. That's me, Trey Newman. All right. So we got to We got to tell that story. What happened, Trey? How did that happen? Yeah. So I like to listen to another, another podcast out there, pardon my take, and they have this like contest um, on their app that is you pick the NFL games against the spread. So this past week, there were actually 10 NFL games that they had against the spread. I happened to win all of them. I went 10 for 10. God. Ridiculous, uh, absurd. And then the the thing is, though, to win the twenty five grand, you have to predict exactly the Monday night football score the, the t- and the team that wins. And so I had the Rams 24-23 against the Bears. Rams did their held their end. They scored twenty four exactly, but the the Bears kind of got stuck in the mud and couldn't do it. So you have to go. You wild. have to win all ten before you even get the opportunity to exactly. guess the score for the Monday night game. I mean, so it's it's a very almost impossible yeah. contest, but I was somehow in the thick of it. <laughs> and like the Bears had their chances, you know, like, oh, especially at the end. It was twenty four to ten. Yeah, it was twenty four to ten, and we were just hoping, okay, Bears just get two more touchdowns and miss the extra point on that last one, or go for go two, for two, go for the win. It. Yeah, they could have gone for two, something I mean, like that. It so wasn't it was, totally uh, you know. unfeasible, and it's just amazing that I even had the chance going winning the ten games. And it's kind of crazy because, as you guys know, I predicted, I nailed the Nebraska Ohio State you score did. on the number. So it was just one of those random weekends. I I kind of yeah. saw things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were money yeah, this weekend. So. That was a lot of fun to cheer for. If, uh, if we were in the Discord just talking about the game uh, all game long, that Monday night game, just cheering for Trey to win 25K. So <laughs> if you want to join in nights like that, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash college football bros. Maybe we can get enough people to join that you'll get $25,000 anyway, Trey. That's so, right. That would be nice. It was cool, That's though. Right. It was cool. To, yeah, you know, having the whole Patreon, like talk about it, it the whole Discord, it, it was a lot right? of fun. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. All right. So uh, also be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. Uh, subscribe both on YouTube and in your podcast app. It just helps us get more downloads, helps us with advertisers and m- getting more listeners. So we'd appreciate that. Uh, and you can also uh, support the podcast by considering our sponsor. Yes. Our sponsor is MyBookie. Uh, you can go to mybookie.ag. Um, and, you know, if, when we started this podcast, you know, a lot of people, I mean, even more so now, they're asking us, it seems like, oh, who are you going to bet on? Who's the best team? Like, who are you going to go go for or whatever? Who's, do you think, you know, it'll be Ohio State or Clemson? Who, which, which, which spread do you like? And I mean, it's always tough, but I always tell people, like, I'm always thinking, like, it's not necessarily, you know, what, what exactly is your betting, but where you're betting, okay? That can make a big difference on which website. So mybookie.ag is a fantastic option. They have every bet you can, t- can possibly imagine. They have... uh dollar for dollar match on your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. They have free bets. They have uh, boosted odds. I mean, this past weekend was crazy. They have these things called lightning deals 
where they just give you free points on teams. And it's like we had, they gave you six points on the Monday night game. They gave you three points on the Sunday night game, just free points that you could take. And it's like, okay, you have to bet it. So they have that every yeah, week. We're they always have, in the text thread with the bros. Like, yeah. Hey, lightning deal. Like, yeah, lightning deal. Now. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like over $200 worth of bets that you could make. Uh, and it seems to happen every weekend. They have such great promotions there. Uh, that I just haven't seen from any other betting website. So go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code CFBROS, all caps, um, and match your first deposit up to $1,000 and uh, start winning now. All right. Awesome. Uh, let's uh, recap week eight here briefly. We're going to have a little bit. Uh, last week, we did a different format for our our recaps, which I think is going to be good going forward. Uh, but we do have one game. We want to get into kind of like the old format. We really want to break this game down. Penn State lost to Indiana in how? overtime. How? 36 to 35. Yeah, Trey, how did that happen? Well, it was an insane game. Uh, yeah. And if you actually look at some of the advanced metrics, the postgame win expectancy was off the charts for Penn State, mainly mm-hmm. because they outgained the Hoosiers 488 to 211. It's pretty Crazy. amazing that the Hoosiers were in the game or won the game. Um there was a period, period though, in the game where it kind of looked like Penn State wasn't really going to be in it. Clifford was kind of shaky at times. They missed a pair of field goals. They were down 10 at half. Uh, but, but late in the game, of course, Penn State seemed in control. They held the Hoosiers on a fourth down at Indiana's own 14, uh, with less than two minutes to go. So Penn State's got the ball up one. The Hoosiers then let, they smartly let Devin Ford score on the first play. And you could tell when he was running in the end zone, he knew he shouldn't score, but he didn't know. He just didn't expect to be in that situation. Uh, but still, you know, okay. If, if he goes down, the game's over, but you know what? Okay. He scores. They go up eight with just over a minute to go. You're still sitting pretty, but Penix had a great drive, led him down to score, made it a, a really nifty two point conversion to actually tie the game, go to overtime. Then in overtime, Penn State scores to go up seven. You think, oh, they, they finally did it. But no, Indiana scores. They, they, he, uh, Penix found Wap Fillier on a great, great catch in the corner of the end zone. You think, oh, they're going to go a second overtime. No. Tom Allen rolls the dice, goes for two. I like it. <laughs> this is where it just got crazy. He rolls out Michael Penix. He kind of scrambles and he just kind of hurls himself and scrambles nearly out of bounds, but somehow got the ball. Kind of inside he, the pylon, <laughs> up across the yeah. goal line. It was, it was I mean, incredible. So close. The, the play on the, the ball field, somehow. Yeah, the call on the field, whatever it was, yeah. was going to have to stand there. Yeah. Like, you yeah. just could not tell. The ball did, you know, hit out of bounds before it hit the pylon. Yeah. So you think, oh, maybe he's he's out short. But the way the ball was faced, the nose of the football could might have been. been touching the white. Yeah, because his momentum chips. was... We need microchips. Oh, yeah, we, exactly. It's time to get to the microchips, man. That I mean, if I, if, if you like, uh, it, it 100% agree that it was what the call on the field was, was going to stand. But if you said you had to make a guess, yeah, I think he actually did get the ball, the tip of the ball to the white. I think he did. I, I kind of, yeah, like if you had to bet your like, life, I'm 51 49 that way. Yeah. Yeah. I might it be too. I'd so have to tough. watch it again before I bet my life, <laughs> but. Yeah. Wow. It was close. Yeah. I mean, going uh, back to, to the, the fourth quarter deal when, uh, you know, you're going for, you're up, up one. Okay. If you just go down, you, you know, you win the ball game. I mean, like that is such a hard thing to kind of teach, I guess. But 
I feel it's an undertaught maybe thing by a lot of folks out there. It's like, I mean, if you're the coach right there in that situation before your team goes out on the field, I would feel yeah. like that would be one thing that you would communicate to your guys. Like, do yeah, not- that's not. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, go Ryan. for it. Go for it. I was gonna say it's not something. Yeah, you you probably really teach. It's something you call in the moment, right? Yeah. Like before the play, you got to communicate. And I actually watched uh, a video with Urban Meyer talking. He was breaking down this this play. And by the way, Urban Meyer, I think is he's one of the on best TV. analysts on yeah. TV. Yeah, he's he's great. He's good. Um, but anyway, he was he was talking about this, saying like they had a play, you know, at Ohio State in the the playbook that was just called I forget what the name of the play was, but it was just a running play. Let's just call it run. It was run down, which just means if you get the first down, go down. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of prepared for a situation like that. Maybe I don't know if Penn State was or not, but um, apparently yeah, they didn't communicate. That's it. the thing what where it, you know because uh, I was thinking about it in relation to. I mean, I I coach basketball, but it's like one of those things strategies where it's. You know, the other team I know doesn't have any timeouts, and if they, you know, we're up by four and they score a basket, like, if you look up at that clock and there's five seconds, do not touch the ball because the clock will run out. Don't even try to think about Mm -hmm. inbounding the ball. And that's something I would communicate to my players before, you know, they go out on the field, on the court. It's like, hey, you know, so, you know. You know, what's crazy, though, is that there were two instances this weekend that this happened. Todd Gurley of the Falcons... Todd oh, yeah. Gurley of the Falcons on Sunday, the yeah. only different scenario was that they were down by two with a little over yeah. a minute. But that's definitely but different. Gurley, yeah. Gurley knew because if you, there's actually audio that Matt Ryan says to go down before the goal line, and Oof. and the fa- the Lions let him score. He tried not to, but in both instances, the team that that scored ended up losing. Which you know you still think the odds are in your favor, but right. they lost. So that yeah. kind of proves yeah. like you you got to do it. <laughs> And, and you can say, oh, is that, is that too much to, to expect for James Franklin to, to have been ready for, you know, 100% of the time? Of course, you're going to make mistakes. But on the other side, Tom Allen was ready. I mean, they let him score. So they, they knew the situation. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that's, that's a coaching error. I mean, you got to be like Urban Meyer, man. He said it. They have a play for that. You know, it, mm-hmm. you got to have that play. I mean, don't give them any chances, but great game. Was a great game. Okay. Uh, all right, let's let's get to our takeaways then, our general takeaways from week eight. So we've got each of us has three. So what's your what's your first takeaway, Ryan? Uh, my first takeaway is the Michigan offense. Uh, it's it was very pretty, looked pretty strong here. I know it's just one game, but that was uh, an encouraging performance from the Maize and Blue. Uh, Joe Milton was very efficient, um, and they ran the ball extremely well, which was obviously good to see. Now I know Minnesota. We kind of touched on it leading up to the year. They're they're not going to be the same type of defense that they that they had last year. Uh, but still, I mean, they're they're not chopped liver. I mean, they're still got they're well coached and some decent players. But for Michigan to go on the road, put up forty nine points in game one is impressive, especially the way they looked. Um, so I think Joe Milton maybe in this offense second year, like Michael kind of trying tries to mention, hey, second year is huge. So <laughs> I love I love year two. You love year two. So um, yeah, it's maybe it maybe it's true. I mean, I don't think we'll. They'll maybe look always this good, but um, it's it's encouraging. For sure. Uh, All right. I got a takeaway from uh, the night before uh, on Friday night. Graham Mertz. My takeaway was going to be when I was preparing for this podcast earlier in the week that he gives Wisconsin a much higher ceiling than Jack Cohn and still could. we'll, We'll get to it. But so in this game, he was 20 for 21, 248 yards, five touchdowns. Just a ridiculous start. And of course, he's a former four-star guy. So 
you know, he's got the pedigree. So you're thinking huge things for, for Wisconsin this year. You're automatically thinking they seem like a lock to win the West. Um, unfortunately, he is, of course, now tested positive for COVID-19. Graham Mertz has. So he's going to be out, unless they change the rule, 21 days. Uh, five other players sounds also like tested gonna, positive. We'll talk about it later, but sounds sure. like they're going to. Well, well, we can talk about it now. What do you think? I seems like they were thinking maybe they're going to edit that rule. Uh, Barry Alvarez kind of came out and was like, oh, now that they yeah. have, uh, you know, they the had cardiologist. a cardiologist, whatever. Yeah, the cardiologist. Like, oh, we don't find the, the heart the problem in any really any college athlete. So maybe. So now they're thinking, oh, we might have to revisit that. We'll so, see. Yeah. Uh, but also six head coach or six coaches, including the head coach, Paul Christ, uh, tested positive as well. So, yeah, they're pausing team activities for seven days. So that means no Nebraska game. Uh, this weekend and we'll see about purdue next week and afterwards at michigan so just it just sucks because like it couldn't have been a better start to the season for wisconsin yeah and they finally have a quarterback that you know brings up since since russell wilson they haven't had a a game changer there and now we'll see i mean maybe they'll be able to weather this but it's just it's a tough situation i know yep it's hard uh all right mine kind of going a different direction auburn is just one of the luckiest teams out there. <laughs> they 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 beat Ole Miss 35-28, but in this game, Ole Miss, they scored to go up 28-27 with about five minutes to go. On the ensuing kickoff, the ball bounced, and the return man, Sean Shivers, he was kind of indecisive on, on getting it, on whether he should field it or let it go. He let it go, but it looked like it grazed Shivers' hand, and yeah. Ole Miss recovered it in the end zone, what they thought would be a touchdown, the refs ruled it, 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 it didn't, um, it didn't touch him and they didn't even go to replay. That was the thing that, as we know, Lane Kiffin kind of was vocal about. They didn't even make it go to replay. And so I understand maybe it still might not have been overturned, even though it kind of looked like it grazed him. Um, they didn't even yeah. review it. Uh, and then of course Auburn ends up winning. They, they did credit to them. They, it was a great pass to Seth Williams and he made a great nifty run to end up pulling it out. But, um, but man, their Auburn is three and two, and they could easily be one and four yep. as they're sitting today after no that doubt. Arkansas game and and now this game. Yeah, absolutely. So would you would you uh, how much money would you be willing to bet that uh, that it did touch Shivers on that? I I agree. I, I'm yeah. a lot. I'm a, Paul a would lot. stay on the field no matter what. There, you think so? You think it wasn't conclusive? I didn't feel like it, I I didn't feel like it was. 100%. I was. It's kind of similar like the Indiana one. I'd be, I would go 51 49 oh. that it did, but uh, yeah, I'm high. I'm higher than, I'm definitely way higher than 51, but yeah, I guess the not ball 100. didn't like change Fair. direction drastically or anything. So honestly, know. I need to take a few more looks at it. Yeah, I maybe only watched so. it a couple times. I could yeah. change my mind a few times, but <laughs> yeah, but definitely very lucky. Just don't, for- just don't ask Lane Kiffin to do a math problem though. After his, <laughs> yeah, his, his penny tweets. <laughs> yeah, he said he, uh, he, yeah. He got yeah. fined for his his tweets about it, and yeah, what he he owes. He needed to add a few more pennies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, Ryan, what's another takeaway? Oklahoma State's defense. Uh, this team, man, they are they're playing lights out right now. They are top fifteen in terms of defensive efficiency. They're eighth in the country in points allowed. But you know, four of the teams in front of them have only played one game so far. So that maybe will look better here shortly um so and this past week i mean they just they stifled brock purdy he had less than five yards per pass attempt um so you know i think overall maybe the oklahoma state is off offensively they're not maybe as explosive as they would have thought or would have wanted to with some of the playmakers that they have but 
I think they all Oklahoma State fans would be happy if you told them this is what it would look like. Like our defense would take this large jump and our offense has to sacrifice a little bit. I think they'd be happy. I mean, they're they're legit on that side of the ball. They're maybe yeah. the best defense in the conference. So they're looking pretty darn good. It's impressive. Yep. Agreed. Uh, all right. My next takeaway is LSU uh, could have a quarterback battle brewing there. So TJ Finley, the true freshman, came in and started for Miles Brennan, who was out with an injury. 17 for 21, 265 yards, two touchdowns and a pick in a 52-24 win against South Carolina. He also ran for a touchdown. Um, and Miles Brennan, I mean, he was playing well. Like the offense, you know, for the most part, of course, wasn't the, the problem with, with LSU to start out the season. But it looks like Brennan's going to be out again this weekend. So they'll go back to TJ Finley. And it's just opportunity number two for him to, I wouldn't say cement the, the starter job. But if he has another great game, like you, you figure you got to keep rolling with the young guy until until he screws up. Yep. All right. My next one is Coastal Carolina. They, you know, in the first few weeks, we've kind of been playful with Coastal Carolina since we've kind of adopt- adopted them. Uh for uh, as a podcast team but it's seriously time they're they're ranked it's time to really acknowledge them look you got to look at their locker room celebration that they had this past week if you didn't see it pretty funny pretty entertaining it's just one of the reasons i love college football that those aspects of it but this is a team they were picked last in their division they're now five and oh playing well last week they beat the sunbelt favorite louisiana they just beat a, a solid georgia southern team without their quarterback McCall. Mm-hmm. I mean, they held Shy Wirtz and and Georgia Southern to only 218 yards of offense. I'm not. We're not saying that they're going to go unbeaten or you know beat Bama or anything. And they could very well lose to Georgia State this week. But it's a great story to follow. Yeah. I mean, they might. They might go unbeaten and beat Bama. Don't don't rule fair. it out. Come on, it's possible. It's fair. Uh yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, and speaking of just like I guess smaller school games this weekend, I don't know if I'm going to steal one of your guys' takeaways, but how about Rice? Uh, Rice's quadruple wow oh, doink and not going field in. goal was that they were playing Middle Tennessee right was that yeah, yeah I think so yeah, yeah. so they were yeah, they it was were. an overtime game you know multiple overtimes right and uh, yeah. Rice had a chance to win on a field goal <laughs> I I said it quadruple doink it hit the uprights four times yeah I, like the, the right never one, seen it then the middle then the left then the middle then out right it was like <laughs> it's just it, insane it was, oh my god and I they ended up losing. I didn't know it could. I didn't know it could do that. I, it's unbelievable. Never seen it. Never seen it. And, There's and it, no way we've seen four. It to, it's one thing for it to happen in the middle of the game, but for that to be the game winner, <laughs> oh potential god. game winner, it's like, oh I, my god. We, I don't. I've never seen three bounces, right? I, I don't think I've. Seen, I've seen probably three. Two. I feel like maybe has happened, but yeah. I don't. I you don't definitely know. see the double doink. doink. You see doink. the double doink a lot, but that double, was yeah, but triple or quadruple, never. That's for sure. Triple, yeah. I can't think of any, but yeah. Uh, wow. All right. So my last uh, takeaway here was just that Cincinnati seems to be clear head and shoulders above the, that conference right now in the AAC. They seem like they're really taking a, a stronghold on it. The defense is very, very, very good. They made Shane Bichelle and that SMU offense look like chumps this past week. They stifled them. Um, and then the, the Cincinnati offense, their their ground game was looking pretty good. Um, if you got a great defense and a really good running game, you're you're tough. Desmond Ritter was awesome on the ground, actually. He had 179 yards and three touchdowns uh, of his own rushing. So that was huge. They're not exactly lighting it up through the air, but you're not going to need to with the way their defense and ground game is playing so far. So 
I mean, with the way Memphis is kind of looking, and then they took care of SMU here, UCF seems to be kind of falling off a little bit. Cincy is the heavy favorite right now for that conference, and then also for the the group of five spot. There, there yeah. was I had I was watching this game. The end of the first half. Speaking of coaching earlier, mm. Sonny Dykes just uh, like unbelievable. They're down fourteen seven. They have two timeouts. They get a first down in there for first and goal. And there's like 26 seconds, I want to say, that was left. No one calls timeout. The clock starts when, obviously, when the chains move. They let it go down to like five seconds. That's, that's and insane. Call time. And like with that offense, you have first and goal with 26 seconds. You think they're probably going to punch it in. And and even if not, you at least have three chances before you kick a field goal. So they had to settle for a field goal. It's just, I, I just, it's Some of those things are just like, how does that happen? How yeah. does that happen? It just... And I don't know why some of these teams haven't hired a guy like with the James Franklin situation. All at least that one, you know, in contrasting yeah, with can, w- with the Dykes one, that. it's not as bad. yeah, it's at least more really. understandable. But like, why don't they have a guy who's in charge of that? Just who's all he can do is just sit up in the press box. He's got headset and mic. He says nothing the entire game. But when there's like an, an obvious game management decision, he he chimes in. Like, it, dude, you, you got to call timeout. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, if I was an SMU fan. Like an, I would just be livid. Oh, I was just, <laughs> I was livid, and I wasn't even, I wasn't even <laughs> yeah. interested. I can't imagine right. if you know if it was your team, like you know, oh my gosh, oh, yeah, oh, that pissed me off. Well, uh, my next takeaway, moving on, is in a couple weeks we are very likely to have our our next you know quote game of the year with undefeated Clemson at undefeated Notre Dame because Clemson. I guess sort of took care of business this past weekend against Syracuse. They were a 46 and a half point favorite. It was like a six point game, right? Late in the third quarter. Third quarter. Yeah. Made it interesting. Yeah. Ended up pulling away, winning by 26. Uh, they host Boston (laughs) College this weekend. So likely win. Notre Dame, uh, dominated Pitt 45 to three. Just poor Pitt. Like they've, they got off to a great start this season. Yeah. Their fans were very excited and just, what is it? It's like three or four straight losses, I think, for them. It's falling apart. Not good. Uh, But but Notre Dame now goes at Georgia Tech. So, again, they'll be a big favorite. So, good chance that that's going to be a really fun game at at Notre Dame. I think that, I think the point spread in that one has a good chance to be single digits. I don't think it's, uh, oh, yeah, I would say that's what I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Clemson at Notre Dame. Yeah. I would say it'd be single digits. Yeah. Yep. My, uh, is it my turn, Ryan? You're done. You're I'm done. done. I'm going to go with uh, the Tar Heels, North Carolina. They bounced back. They lost to Florida State, of course, the week before. Kind of wondered how they'd come back. They'd throttled their rival NC State 48-21. Obviously, they were fortunate that Devin Leary didn't go for NC State uh, at quarterback for them, but the Tar Heels still just manhandled them. They forced four turnovers. Their offense had 578 yards. And I, I really, one thing I do like about the Tar Heels offense, it's very balanced. It's not always just relying on Sam Howell. They've run it really well this year. Uh, both Michael Carter and Javante Williams, they both went over a hundred yards in this game. They had five rushing touchdowns. So Tar Heels offense is, is fun to watch. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get to our segment for the episode. Uh, this was Trey's idea. And I like it. It's yeah, but in, uh, Chris Berman fashion. So. We each have to pick a team that is is maybe highly ranked or off to a good start record wise, and uh, maybe give a little bit of a butt. Maybe we're we're kind of doubting them in some way. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, so yeah, Cincinnati is ranked number seven, but they have no chance of making the playoff. 
Oh. Uh, you would you'd think a team ranked seventh in the country would have a very strong chance of doing that. But their schedule just is not tough enough. Uh, and the conference as a whole, the AAC just hasn't beaten anybody uh, worthy of note. I mean, I know it's only like one, maybe two non-conference games, but um, that's just that is the way the reality is right now. The best non-conference win that they will have, or they, they right now it's probably Cincinnati's win against Army. Uh, Army 6-1, but Army hasn't played anybody. So that one might be it. Or UCF had Georgia Tech. That might be the best team. So it's it's light. Houston had a chance to beat BYU, which would have been a very uh, a very very big win for that for the conference. And you know, but with the just the overall teams like UCF already has a couple of losses, so they're disappointing. Um, and then you know you, you just need if you're you know Memphis isn't that great right now. SMU just obviously went down to Cincy and didn't look good. But if you were Cincy, you needed to have a very very strong top of your conference. Like you needed to right. have a UCF be undefeated also and like mono mono top 10, 15 teams going at it to kind of prove your worth. And they're just not going to have it there. There's nobody in that conference outside of them is in the, in the top 25 right now. So Cincinnati, Cincinnati might be good enough, but they don't have a chance. Okay. That's, that's bleak. I'd have to go through the permutations, but that they would need, they would need craziness, massive uh, chaos, massive craziness. Yeah. I don't want to say zero chance. I'm hedging my bets no. a little bit there, but yeah, it's it's probably low, very yeah. low. Yeah. What's yours, Mike? All right. Well, mine is uh, Kansas State. So yeah, they're four and one, four and zero in the Big Twelve, ranked sixteenth in the AP poll, which I guess resume wise is fine. But but I got to give the the big butt, Trey size butt. That That's guy's got a like. big butt. Yeah. We can maybe I got we, a big. Yeah. Ch- hey, check out the Patreon. <laughs> maybe we can start. Anyway. That's, a, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I'm not sure if they're anywhere close to that good. Um, the o- OU win, I can't take away from that. That's that's obviously a good win. But besides that, you got the home loss to Arkansas State. That, that still counts. They lost at home yeah. to a team that's 82nd in SP+. And, of course, was missing some players. I know K-State was too. But uh, to me, that kind of negates that OU win. And then the other three wins are against the 51st, 86th, and 119th place teams in SP+. So I know there, I mean, that's all you can do is, is play the teams you're, you're up against, but I, I guess I want to see more here. And Will Howard has looked promising as a freshman at quarterback, but he's about to face three pretty good defenses. So I think we'll, we'll learn a lot about him in the next few weeks. And the biggest reason that I'm lower on, on K-State than maybe just the average person out there is is not even necessarily my opinion it's the betting markets because i i respect the betting market because i know how hard it is to to beat it and right now they have uh k-state as a three and a half point underdog yeah at west virginia this weekend like that's yeah. that's kind of crazy that that's telling that they the betting market right now thinks k-state is worse but it'll be an upset if than west, west virginia, virginia wins It'll be an upset if West Virginia wins. Yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah, that's one of our pet peeves is when a favorite wins and they call it an upset because, of course, West Virginia is not ranked. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's I kind of I kind of agree with you on K State there, Mike. They they took advantage of Spencer Rattler having uh, his freshman kind of what do you have four picks in that game or something? Right? He was it was bad. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. It was a, it was a I, mean, I don't win. think they're bad. I'm not, I don't want to no, yeah, say no, that. No, I'm not trying to say that. I, they're, they're well coached, they're, solid, but they're all, I think we would all agree they're better than what we thought at this point. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> so, not sure. No debate. Especially uh, me. I was all right. harsh. Mine is, uh, it's very early. The Big Ten's only had one game, but I got to say, yeah, but on Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it, 
So, uh, in particularly, I'm saying yeah, but I'm particularly saying yeah, but on their offense, um, they they won 43 to three over Maryland. Obviously, the issue with Northwestern last year, they were just their offense was dreadful. Uh, they needed a major upgrade. A lot of people are instantly going to say that the offense is back and all they needed was a guy like Peyton Ramsey. And Ramsey is a big upgrade and I like Peyton Ramsey. I'm just not ready to anoint this team as a, as a good offense. Uh, Northwestern, they do have, they have a great defense and that's going to keep them obviously in a lot of games. But Maryland, who they played is atrocious. They started to his brother. He couldn't do anything. They had, they had 200 yards of offense. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm getting nervous. Uh, but Maryland had 200 yards of offense, four turnovers. That helps Northwestern's offense being in good good field position. That's not going to happen every game. And then add that to the fact that the Terps' defense is is not good, and they got absolutely gashed last year, left and right. Um, and it, it's still early, but like one metric, SP Plus, still has the Northwestern offense ranked around 100. Obviously, they they can still improve, and I have no doubt that they're going to be better than last year. I'm just not ready to say the offense is is back yet. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. Uh, okay, let's move on to week nine. Let's make our against the spread picks here. Uh, so my first question here, though, is we've got three big favorites. Uh, which of these is most likely to be in a close game, you know, late in the third quarter, kind of like Clemson was this past week? So is it is it Clemson? They're at home to Boston College. They're a 31-point favorite. Is it Alabama at home to Mississippi State? They're favorite 30 and a half. Or Michigan, uh, again, at home to Michigan State and their favorite 24 and a half. Well, I mean, if you just go by the numbers, I guess Michigan State at Michigan would make the most sense, but I'm not going to pick them. Um, I'm going to go with the first one. I'm going to go Boston College at Clemson. You know, Clemson, obviously last week, uh, they were <laughs> in a close game uh, against Syracuse and Boston College is better than Syracuse. So we've seen Clemson kind of have some of those laws in the past. So, and Boston College has kind of proven, hey, they're they're pretty solid this year. I mean, they can at least have you know Phil Dracovich is pretty good quarterback, and um, they're a lot better than people anticipated. So eh, I think uh, they could hang in for more than, longer than you would expect. Okay, yeah, maybe they're looking ahead to Notre Dame too. So. True. Uh, I'm going to say not just because of the point spread, but I am going to say that Michigan State Michigan game. You know, everyone's just saying, "Hey, Michigan State just lost to Rutgers. They're like the worst team ever." But no, Rutgers, I think, is going to be improved this year. I mean, we know obviously Sparty's offense is difficult to difficult to watch, but they at least have an above average defense. And Michigan kind of benefited from playing a pretty poor Minnesota defense, I think, in my eyes. So I could see Sparty at least getting this game to the second half and and maybe yeah. giving the Wolverines some fits, giving Joe Milton different looks. Yeah, I'm not I saying they're Mich- going to win at all, but yeah. right. No, Trey's Trey's locking in Michigan State straight up. That's good. Yes, That's, yeah, money line uh, bold, but. No, I think I think Michigan State. I'm with you, Trey. I don't think they're as bad as uh, that score at Rutgers would indica- would indicate. Turned it over seven times. Like I know that's bad. I mean that also shows poorly <laughs> on them, but it's unlikely to repeat itself. So yeah. uh, I, I think that score was, you know, potentially misleading. And but, uh, what's that, Trey? Yep. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I still think their defense is good. They just didn't give them a chance in that game with with all the turnovers. But, so. So so, how crazy is it? Because a couple of weeks ago, everyone and their mother would have said Mississippi State, but they have just fallen off their the wagon. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. One game, wow! Kylan Hill's off to the NFL. They uh, got a, a yeah. slew of transfers this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, all the, they were like wow. the high of high 
And hey, Leech in the SEC is going to work out. Oh, I mean, it still might. Hey, it still just, could, but no, it's, I know. But I'm, it's not, I'm not giving up. Definitely, but it's crazy. They turn around. Yeah, it's kind of back the to like at least you know some of our expectations before the year, where year one might be you know slow going, but eventually he'll he'll get it going there. Yeah, I mean, we to also what extent they we'll see, but we also said that they'd probably surprise one or two folks this year, you know, and mm-hmm. so they suppose surprise somebody. Well, and we got to bring up Jalen Waddle is uh, is out for the year, of course, with an injury, which just sucks. That does suck, most- man. He's so much fun to watch. He is. So, yeah, uh, I mean, love or hate Alabama, he is one of the most fun players to watch. I enjoyed oh. watching him so much. But you can't not like yeah. Jalen Waddle. I feel he's, like he's, uh, you know, like they said, though, I'm hoping he's going to come back hundred percent and he'll be fine, and you know, they won't hinder his you know future. Right. Uh, okay. <sighs> Uh, let's get to Memphis at Cincinnati. Big game in the AAC. Cincinnati's favored seven, Trey. Yeah, and this is a revenge game for Cincinnati. If you remember, they lost to Memphis back-to-back weeks last year to end the season. Um, Both they, times they played the end of, they Memphis, played the end right? of the yeah they played the end of the regular season. Memphis beat them close. They got to then host the conference championship. They then beat Cincinnati again close. Uh, but but in terms of this game this year. It's kind of a matchup of strength versus strength. You got Memphis's offense versus Cincinnati's defense. We Ryan, you touched on it earlier. Cincinnati, they got a legit top ten defense at this point. And like you said, they did a good job slowing down SMU. They got Kobe Bryant spelled a little different. And Ahmad Gardner, they're locking down receivers in that secondary. And they're going to need to against Brady White. Uh, but Memphis's offense, they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. And personally, I think Brady White's going to be able to move it enough to at least cover the the touchdown spread here yeah i'm with you i i just i have a lot of faith in this memphis memphis offense even without demonte coxie of course uh opting to sit the rest of the season but the last two weeks without him uh they put up 50 on ucf put up 41 on temple uh one of their receivers calvin austin has had over 150 receiving yards in each of those games so looks like they've kind of found a, a coxie replacement um i know cincinnati's defense is great but seven points with with brady white i'm taking i'm gonna disagree i'm gonna go with cincinnati i think they are uh, out on a mission here um i don't think memphis is gonna be able to stop them on the ground desmond ritter is gonna run wild uh, and then i think cincinnati's defense will give memphis uh problems on offense i i don't think especially without a, a coaxy temple and ucf don't have anywhere near the defense that cincinnati does it's gonna be maybe the best defense that uh, brady white has played so yeah i'm i'm gonna take cincinnati i think they'll win by two scores so i'll i'll take the bearcats not a lock not a lot oh sounded like a lock you were ready for it though i saw you i was ready i got uh, a, I right, got well, a next, better lock later so okay uh next game we were we were going to talk about is wisconsin at nebraska but of course we've discussed the yeah. issues at wisconsin unfortunately so we'll move on to lsu hey we at, don't lose this week yeah nebraska, hey, nebraska didn't lose there you go didn't lose that's baby. Uh, a victory and so well circumstances happy halloween <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah halloween this weekend exactly we usually do a crazy halloween episode not this year this whole year has been crazy yeah. it is yeah. uh, and the clocks go back yeah oh so is that saturday night night Sat- they yeah. go back so, oh sunday nice. morning Good they news. fall back yeah. extra hour get an extra extra hour of sleep but less, i wish they do it in the middle of the on the week. back end like i'd appreciate it more if it was like on yeah wednesday like, ooh, all right, I get an extra hour of sleep that, here tonight. That's true. That would oh, that would screw up people's schedules so much. <laughs> I know. It's safer to do it on a weekend for most yeah. people. 
Okay. Uh, LSU minus three at Auburn. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, uh, you kind of already stole it here with uh, the news on Miles Brennan, looking like he's probably going to be out again. So going to TJ Finley here, uh, man, he was awesome uh, in, in that first game and his replacement. So definitely don't think that'll be much of an issue. Auburn, man, Trey already said it earlier. <laughs> they are about as fortunate as you can be to be three and two uh, at this point. And, you know, I, so because of that, I do I do like LSU. Um, I'm not really, I know the transitive property doesn't really necessarily work here in college football, but LSU just destroyed South Carolina and just made them, they, their offense just was humming against them. Meanwhile, South Carolina beat Auburn not like a couple of weeks back. So I know I, this transitive property isn't that great, but I think that is a sign that I just think LSU is just a better team at this point and they're just playing better. And um, yeah, I, I'm going to take uh, the Tigers, Auburn, no, LSU Tigers. <laughs> LSU Tigers, yeah. <laughs> I uh it's really really difficult for me because actually some of the numbers kind of lead me to to take Auburn but I do I'm going to go with LSU as well. Uh I like I just did I didn't I didn't think I'd say it at this point but at, right now I have a little more faith in LSU's offense than I do Auburn's. Yeah. Bo Nix just has not taken the next step. He's even against an, a shaky LSU defense I'm just I don't have a ton of confidence in them right now. Uh, and then they also start the loss to starting offensive lineman to injury in that Ole Miss game. And Nick's has already been running around wild. So that's, that's going to be tough. Um, I just, I just liked the way Finley looked, even if it was a conservative game plan. I, I liked LSU and they're, uh, I think they're going to, they're going to beat Auburn this week. Okay. I'll, I'll go the other way with, uh, with Auburn plus three. I know LSU's offense has still been, very good which is impressive with with all that they lost um but i guess yeah still not trusting that that defense just after one kind of better effort against south no. carolina um even against you know a bo nicks led offense um auburn's got a lot of talent they're at home i just i think lsu might be a little bit better right now but not quite as much as this road spread would would indicate when's uh, balls gonna get that offense into gear man i don't know i don't know when's chad morris gonna get it in gear i yeah. When's Bo Nix on down the line? Yeah. I'll tell you whose fault it isn't. Seth Williams. Hey, yeah. he's great, man. He's doing his part. Uh, Northwestern at Iowa. Iowa is favored two and a half. Trey? Yeah. Iowa, they cannot afford to lose this one. They would fall to 0-2 and, and both their losses would be to division foes. I'm going to take the desperate Hawkeyes here. Uh, it's going to be the first test. I, I alluded to it earlier. Northwestern, this is going to be their first test going against a up against a pretty good defense. We're really going to see how much they've improved uh, in this game. I'm willing to eat crow if they just roll over Iowa. Good for them. But um, Ramsey's most likely going to need to do it with his his arm versus Iowa because they showed that they were able to slowed, really slow down Purdue's running game. Iowa in that Purdue game, yes, they lost, but they had 10 penalties for 100 yards, two fumbles. I just don't see that duplicating itself uh, in this week. The Hawkeyes, they also outgained Purdue by a, by a pretty good margin. So I think they're going to get the win here, and I'm actually going to make Iowa my lock. I am with you. I almost made it my lock. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I got one I like more later, but just given our expectations before the season, just a week ago, the fact that this point spread is saying that Northwestern and Iowa are basically even teams on a neutral field, I guess I'm just not there yet. Like you were talking about with Northwestern earlier, like one game against Maryland isn't enough for me to kind of, I guess, dramatically change my expectations. Obviously, I'm revising them upward, but a mediocre Nebraska team last year 
uh, beat Maryland 54 to 7. So there's at least seven. a small chance. What's that? 50 to 7. Oh, sorry. 50 to 7. Okay. Uh, how well, that changes you? Every, that changes everything. I mean, you're not. I'm making Northwestern my lock. To realize, lock it in, like, guys. Hey, whoa, they got it wrong. No, I'm there no. Thank you for correcting me, Ryan. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think there's a there's at least a small chance that that game said more about Maryland than it did about Northwestern. Now I like I'm gonna double triple check that that's right, but no, I'm pretty sure it's right. Fifty to seven. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I just this is kind of what we were. It's like we're starting from like a few weeks ago, and we had these same conversations with some other teams. Like, well, after one week, you can't just like go up against all the preseason expectations. Uh, they're really not. It's kind of like yeah, but I guess we're just it's like Northwestern still has a lot of issues. They didn't just solve it in one game. Um, Iowa is still a good team. They still have good line play. Their defense is still solid. They still have some nice weapons on the outside. Um, and I just think in, in, um, Iowa city, they're the better team. So I, I, I'm taking Iowa. I thought about my lock as well, but I'll just, Ryan, I'll just take them right now. Ryan, you owe Michael an apology. Son of a gun. Do I oh. really? Fifty four to seven. Nice. Oh wow. my gosh, I'm sorry, Mike. I don't know what I was so <laughs> okay. convinced. It's of. okay. I guess I'm just a bigger. Get on your fan. get on your knees, kiss his feet. Man, Man. my bad, Mike. It's okay, man. You just make oh, us real, look like a real idiot. Nah, I this really, yeah, I look like myself. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, what happened, Ren? <laughs> next game, we got Texas at Oklahoma State. Uh, Cowboys favored three and a half. I feel like these two teams tend to play close games. Uh, and texas is when you look at texas like the last two games they've played not against okie state just this year it's actually been pretty good like you you go to overtime against ou i know it was an ugly game but ultimately that's that's a, a good result and then they won pretty comfortably against baylor last week i know it's a weak baylor team um yeah but even with that i'm still taking oklahoma state i just i just haven't liked the way texas has looked this year i guess um and with okie state you talked about how good the defense is ryan and I think Spencer Sanders being another week removed from his injury, you know, another week in practice can only can only help him. What did you say the spread was, by the way? Three and a half, Okie State. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll lay those points. I agree. I am also going to take Oklahoma State. They're the better team right now. I think they've got the far better defense. The offense, I guess I'd maybe give a slight edge to Texas, but it wouldn't be all that big of an edge. Um, as, like you said, I think Spencer Sanders is probably getting a little bit better in shape here. Um, I think the offensive line is probably taking a little bit more time to, to gel for Oklahoma State. And I'd still, I still expect Chuba Hubbard to really break out at some point. And I could see it happen against Texas. Um, but yeah, I, I trust Oklahoma State's defense already right at this point. Don't really trust Texas in Stillwater. I think they'll win by more than three and a half. I'm going to lay the points as well with Oklahoma State. Sanders, I, I, I think he's, kind of coming around after after his injury and I, just the way that they looked against Iowa State really impressed me um Chuba Hubbard you guys kind of alluded to it he's kind of starting to look like his old self and I just I trust them to get a few more stops than I do the Texas's defense get some stops so I'm taking Okie State okay let's uh get to the the biggest game by far of the weekend probably Ohio State at Penn State uh Ohio State's favored 12 Ryan it's a lot of points. It's kind of a lot of points right mm-hmm. now. Uh, we do have, you know, of course, a couple injury concerns for Penn State. Uh, I mean, we already knew Journey Brown was out uh, but before the year, um, which was unfortunate. But then, you know, they're starting running back. And then, unfortunately, now Noah Kane is 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 out for them at running back. Uh, the, at least the one thing that I had going for him is that was their deepest position. 
really. Um, so now we'll see probably a lot of Devin Ford um, at that spot. And he's a sophomore, and he's he'll be he'll be good. I mean, he's a good get good talented kid. So um, hey, he but scored it, a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't exactly have the best biggest day at Indiana, but you know, I think uh, with a little more time as the number one guy, um, that though they'll be all right there. And I I actually do like Penn State here. Penn State plays Ohio State tough. We've seen it in the past. They really know how to do it. And People may kind of be overreacting a little bit to Penn State losing, obviously, to Indiana, but we kind of touched on the advanced stats. Like, Penn State was a better team there. Like, there's no real way that they should have lost that game. They were definitely better. I liked how um, Sean Clifford played, especially on the ground. He added a lot a lot of it on the ground. Yeah. Know, he came, he, came, he not... came on strong at the end. His first half was He came on strong ugly, at the end. That's what yeah. I like to see, man. That's all we're going to do. Um, but yeah, no, I like them. I like their defense. I still think they're good. I saw what Nebraska was able to do a little bit. They were pretty competitive against the Buckeyes in week one, uh, especially the the offensive line of Nebraska was able to kind of push around a little bit the defensive line of Ohio State. So I think Penn State might be able to do a little bit of that as well. Um, I don't expect Penn State to win or anything, but I think they can keep it interesting. I agree. I'm going to hesitantly say I'm going to pick Penn State. Uh, I, I like your point because Ohio State beat Nebraska 52-17, but Nebraska had some success with that offense. Obviously, their defense couldn't do much. Justin Fields is just insane, and he's going to probably do the same to Penn State. But, but Penn State, or I'm sorry, but Nebraska was able to kind of move the ball, and they also had a couple turnovers. One of them was a fumble for a touchdown. So, yeah. I don't see why Penn State can't at least compete, especially at home. Um, the problem is, I just again, Justin Fields is just that offense for the Buckeyes is ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. But I'm going to take Penn State to cover. Uh, I agree with you guys. I like all the points. Um, Ryan, I, I kind of echo every, every point that you made. Uh, and, and this Penn State defense that they're going up against, I know obviously Justin Fields rolled through Nebraska. What had, do you only have one incompletion in the game or? Yeah. Yeah. So it, he did. Okay. I'll, I'll go with the ball. We had to knock it out of the end zone. Yeah. That's right. It was only, yeah. Yeah. It was a good throw. Should have been a touchdown. He, yeah. Yeah uh that's not going to happen this game bold prediction michael justin fields will throw more than one incomplete <laughs> but no that penn state defense like you look at the final score of indiana and a, maybe an average better saying wow they gave up 36 points to indiana i mean they, they it wasn't the defense's fault like they were put in some bad positions by the offense uh clifford had an interception at their own seven yard line they barely uh, gave up more than 200 yards yeah exactly I mean, they, yeah they shut in indiana down too Penix and, had a terrible game they gave up 3.5 yards per play against Indiana. 3.5. Like, yeah, that's it's insane. Garbage. That is, yeah. It's insane. Indiana. It's excellent. So they, obviously, Ohio State's is much tougher, but I, I think that's a, a tough defense to go up against. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think I think if Nebraska can have some success, some success running the ball against Ohio State, so can Penn State. So I'm making plus 12 my lock. Ooh, going to lock yeah, against the yeah. Buckeyes. I like, That's like Trey, I would be surprised if they won, obviously, but they yeah. can cover. Yep. Cool. Okay, let's uh, move on here to the honorable mentions. All righty here. My first game, I got Virginia Tech is favored three and a half at Louisville. Um, I'm liking Louisville here. Virginia Tech, they've struggled on the road so far this year. They had a close win at Duke. Uh, then they had losses to North Carolina and Wake. Um, so they have been not great when they're away from Blacksburg. I think Louisville has turned a little bit of a corner uh, on their season, especially on that defensive side. Good games against Notre Dame where they held them to only 12 points. Uh, and then FSU last week, they're strong on defenses, again, holding them to 16. So I'll take the, the three and a half points with Louisville as a home dog. Uh, my second game, 
Kansas State at West Virginia. West Virginia's favorite three and a half. We already touched it. It's a surprising line for those of you that, you know, I guess are just looking at rankings and stuff. Um, but I guess I do like K-State. Uh, it's a surprising I really line do. for me, too. Like, it's a surprising I would, line. I would bet I K-State. Like <laughs> exactly. Uh, West Virginia did not look good against Texas Tech last week. They obviously lost uh, in Lubbock. Uh, the, the, the two decent defenses that uh, West Virginia has played, Jared Dagey has not played well. Uh, K-State has a, has a decent defense. I like K-State. I'm going to take them as my lock of the week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, third game, I got Missouri at Florida. Florida's favorite, 13 and a half. Florida hasn't played since their loss uh, to AM and a couple weeks back. Uh, Missouri's coming off two wins uh, in a row against LSU and Kentucky, so got some good good vibes going. But I'm going to go with Florida here. Uh, two touchdowns, I think, is pretty tight. Uh, I do think Florida's offense is a little too much to handle with uh, the, the Kyle the Kyle twins. Uh, they're going to have a, a huge day, so I'm going to take Florida. They're not twins, by the way. Oh, they're just, not? Just teammates, oh. yeah. yeah. Oh, They might be fraternal, actually, twins. I don't know. Yeah, well, they should change their names. Uh, number fourth game, I got North Carolina, their favorite uh, six and a half at Virginia. Virginia, they had a good fight last week at the U. They only lost by five, 19 to 14. It was an ugly game. They held uh, Derek King in check, so that defense was playing well. Uh, meanwhile, UNC, as Trey touched on, dominated North Carolina State. Problem I see here for Virginia is they just don't have a very good offense. Um, it's just going to be hard for them to stay with, with, with North Carolina in that high-flying attack. So, Brendan Armstrong, eh, just I just don't trust him yet. So I'm going to take North Carolina minus the six and a half. Okay, I've got UCF minus two and a half at Houston. And Houston, quietly, because they haven't played very much, but they are, if they win this, they're going to be three and oh in the AAC. So watch out for them as well. Uh, this will be a tough one. Dylan Gabriel is usually great. I think he's had, you know, one bad game this year, but uh, his receivers, Marlon Williams and Jalen Robinson, two of the most productive in the country. I'm still going to take Houston, though, plus two and a half. We saw them go toe to toe with BYU for good portion of that game i know it got ugly late but uh i like the i like obviously the offense for for houston marquez stevenson at receiver and i think defensively i've, I've said this before i like the talent I, I think it's gonna i think it's better than people think huh the the over under in that game is 82 and a half Oof. it's one of the highest in a couple years <laughs> all right maybe i don't like wow. the defense as much as i let on no <laughs> i'm just saying in general they yeah. might but that that they could be that much better than than ucs wow so. wow that's that's huge uh, Purdue minus seven at Illinois. Purdue beat a good uh, Iowa team without Jeff Brahma, head coach. Of course, uh, was out uh, with COVID, and Rondell Moore was out. We I think we still don't really know the reason, and uh, oh, I don't doesn't seem like he's going to be back this game. If it would, I think it would be a big surprise. Uh, they do get Jeff Brom back, so so that's nice. And at receiver, I mean, they seem pretty well off. David Bell obviously is is great, it's and. Good. Milton Wright, former four-star himself, uh, had a had a great game one. So I think they can handle the load without him. And just didn't like anything I saw from from Illinois against Wisconsin. So it could be a nice two and zero start here for for Purdue. Could very well be. Give me Purdue. Notre Dame minus twenty at Georgia Tech. I think the the one game Notre Dame struggled this year uh, against Louisville is is understandable. First of all, because Louisville is not as bad as their record would indicate, uh, and there was bad weather conditions in that game. So just kind of a weird game. And for Georgia Tech, they're just not playing well. Four of their last five games have been pretty lopsided losses in a couple cases against not very good teams. Uh, so I can lay 20 with uh, Notre Dame. I feel good about that. Indiana, minus 10 at Rutgers. This point spread's come down. Uh, and like I said earlier, Indiana, three and a half yards per play against Penn State. So I 
I worry. I know it's it was against Penn State, a great defense, but worry a little bit that that offense has regressed. Uh, and Rutgers, their defense is at least their stronger side of the ball, so maybe they can ugly it up and, and get a cover. I like it. I like it. All right, my first game is Georgia. They're given 15 at Kentucky. A lot of points to give with this Georgia offense that I'm not overly fond of, but this game doesn't seem like a good matchup for Kentucky. Uh, Mizzou improved, but Kentucky was able to only muster 10 points against them. Georgia's D is far superior, should stifle the Kentucky offense, especially since I guess Terry Wilson might be out this game, so it might be the Joey Gatewood show. They also lost their big nose guard on defense, Quinton Bohanna might be out again. Um, Georgia should generate a lot of good opportunities and get field position. I'm taking Georgia. Then we got Arkansas is at Texas A&M. The Aggies are given 12 and a half. I'm going to lay the points as well with the Aggies. I was really impressed with their last couple games, obviously beating the Gators, and then they handled Mississippi State on the road. I love how well Arkansas has played this year, uh, and they're not a pushover, but they are, to me, at least a little bit of a pretender. I'll, I'll put pie in my face if they go into Collins Station and, and win this one. Oh, that sounds like that doesn't uh, sound the, like a punishment. That sounds great. Putting pie in your face. Oh, that's true. Maybe apple pie. Ooh, I love that. Thanksgiving coming up. <laughs> Some pumpkin. But uh, the Razorbacks, they've given up over 400 a game. Kellen Mond's played with confidence. He's going to be licking his chops. Same with Isaiah Spiller, like the Aggies. Big 12, Oklahoma, given 14.5 at Texas Tech. Not an ideal matchup for the Red Raiders as they give up over 330 yards passing per game. But I'm going to give the Red Raiders it? a shot. I would think it would be more after they gave up like 600 to Houston Baptist. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> I thought it would point. be higher than that, honestly. But um, but I'm going to give the Red Raiders a, a chance here. Um, they benched Alan Bowman last week, and it seemed to provide a little bit of a spark beating West Virginia. Um, I know you. I know the Sooners' defense looked a little better against TCU, but they don't have the. They haven't scared too many teams this year with their offense. So a backdoor score might be in uh, play for the cover there with the Red Raiders. Finally, Boise State is minus fourteen at Air Force. Air Force is impossible to gauge this year. They smacked Navy a few weeks ago, then they laid an egg against San Jose State. Air Force now has to deal with they've got some injury and COVID concerns. Calhoun's kind of playing it close to the vest, but they do know that four offensive contributors are are dealing with those injuries or COVID uh, quarantines. So even if they go, they're not going to be 100%. So I'm going to take Boise. I think they can stymie Air Force's offense, much like San Jose State did last week. All right. Uh, let's close out this episode here with a questionable finish. Jim Harbaugh went with blue pants instead of khakis at Minnesota this past week, and the results, as everyone saw, were great. What's your favorite piece of clothing in your closet? I will go with uh, my my slacks that I have. I, I really only wear them when I coach basketball games. So whenever I put those on, man, it's like, oh, I get to go coach some basketball games here. <laughs> are we talking khaki? Are they black? What are they? Like slacks, like kind of like dress pants. That doesn't tell me the color. Color. (laughs) Oh, they're black. Sorry. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. Uh, I'm going with what I'm wearing right now. If you're watching on oh boy, watching on YouTube, College Football Bros T-shirt. There you go. Available nowhere right now, so it's a really good ad. (laughs) Let us know if you want us to do another run of them, or we're thinking about doing some uh, some more merch. So let us know. Uh, Email us collegefootballbros at gmail dot com what's what you would like the material of those shirts are really nice it's great uh 
My, for me, there's this gray hoodie I have. It's it's really soft material. Don't really know how to describe it. It just it isn't too warm, but it's not too cool. Fan favorite of mine. All right. Yeah. Uh, Auburn has been on the right side of some mistakes by officials this year that may have turned losses into wins. What is the worst call you've ever seen? Mine's kind of actually more of like a non-call. The NFC Championship a few years ago, the Saints versus Rams. Oh, the yeah. Rams defender clearly committed pass interference. Like everyone and their mother could could see it. Saints, of course, then had to settle for three, and they left time for the Rams. They lost the NFC Championship. Ouch. Mm, that was a rough one. Uh, mine went against Auburn, actually, and I don't remember watching it live. It was a long time ago, but 2001. Uh, so Vanderbilt was down seven in the fourth quarter against Auburn, and Vanderbilt throws a pass into the back of the end zone. The receiver is all by himself, and it just it just bounces off his hands, and the ball goes flying as he falls down. Like it just he never even close to caught it, and they called it a touchdown. And it was just oh like my. the whole Auburn team is like, "What are you talking about?" Like he oh. he didn't even come down with it at all. You oh, gotta watch no. this play because it's not. I'm not exaggerating. Like it is just right. I don't know how. You I, now that you mentioned it, now it does come ringing a bell on it. Yeah, it's weird that I haven't. It's not clear in my mind though. Yeah, yeah. A few years Look before we were really into it yeah but they did luckily though auburn did end up winning the game so okay well that's good that makes a big difference all's well that ends well Uh, this didn't cost them a a win that's good right uh for me uh i'll go with the 1972 olympic basketball game between usa and russia (laughs) the one where there's like three russia gave they gave russia like three opportunities at the end to try to tie the game inbound the ball it was just such a sham like it was crazy it was still Obviously, the the Olympic team up to this day won't accept their medal, silver silver place medal. I don't blame them. It was bogus. I'll never forget where I was. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you watched that one live, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, you could also say Colorado's fifth down. That one was a uh, that's yeah, a story. Of course, yeah, crazy one. All right, <laughs> that one too. You remember where you were? Well, that was when was that? Was maybe early nineties or something? Or was that? It was it was like ninety. I ninety. Think. Okay, yeah, so we were alive. You were well, three or something. I was three, man. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's get to our upset special. Got to pick a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. I hit mine again last week. I had uh, San Jose State over Air Force. This week, give me Rutgers as a as a ten-point dog to win outright against Indiana. Like I said, could be an ugly game. Uh, defense, I, I think, is is solid. And Sean Gleason, I love the offensive coordinator for Rutgers. So maybe he has a few tricks up his sleeve. I like it. Shiano's boys. I'm going to take Mizzou. They're getting 13 from the Gators. They've had to deal with COVID. The Gators have. They might not be all that sharp. Missouri's surprised me a little too this year, so I think they might give the Gators a game. Alrighty. Um, I am going to go with Arkansas. Uh, They're getting 12 at A&M. A&M seems to play some close games. Uh, they weren't all that explosive last week against the Bulldogs, Mississippi State. And, I mean, I just think Arkansas is such an improved team. Uh, Sam Pittman's done a fantastic job. Um, you know, we saw Vandy almost go to A&M and really almost win there. So I just wouldn't be surprised if uh, Arkansas went and pulled this one off. So, And I, I, we kind of mentioned Arkansas could easily be 3-1 and one right now. So mm-hmm. that sham call against Auburn. So it's a great start for them. All righty. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed because uh, soon we will be coming out with our Pac-12 preview episode, of course, getting us ready for that starting next week. Uh, Pac-12 coming back. 
And also shout out to uh, some listeners that have uh, a podcast themselves called Around the Keg, which talks college football as well. Uh, go ahead, support some fellow fourth bros. I love it. I love it when I get emails from people that are starting their own podcast. So that's Around the Keg. Encourage you to check that out. And we will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.